0: that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Dr. Lauren Fortna holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in Music Theoretical Studies from Susquehanna University, where he also studied guitar. He holds a Master of Music and Performance from the University of Akron, an artist diploma from Montclair State University, and a Doctor of Musical Arts and Performance from Shenandoah University. A New Jersey music educator since 2001, Lauren joined the Springfield Public Schools. There, he further developed the fifth grade choral program, created the fifth grade guitar ensemble, and was named District Teacher of the Year for the 2008 2009 school year, primarily for his cross curricular work combining music, visual arts, language arts, and technology. From 2009 to 2014, Lauren was part of the Montclair State University guitar faculty. In 2016, Lauren became a faculty member at the Abington Avenue School in Newark, New Jersey, and currently teaches elementary music at the Dion Warwick Institute in East Orange, New Jersey. I've known Lauren for quite some time now, and I was thrilled when he agreed to be on our podcast. So it is my great pleasure this week to welcome uh, uh, Dr. Lauren Fortna. Uh, Lauren, I've known you for uh, quite a few years now. I've seen you at a whole bunch of sessions at NJMEA, and I had the pleasure of having you in our offices uh, last year to talk about uh, Music First Junior. So it's really great to, to have you on my, on my little podcast here. But uh, before we get started, I'd love to know, because you're the first guitar player that I've interviewed, I'd love to know your path. I know a little bit about it, but if you can let everyone know your path from, you know, how you got from, you know, high school uh, to teaching where you are now in East Orange, New Jersey, that'd be great.
1: Well, thank you very much, Jim, for having me. Um, yes, I've known you since your uh, Soundtree days uh, from the uh, NJ NJMEA conferences. Yep. Um, the. The path is essentially as this. I had absolutely no path whatsoever uh, until my junior year in high school. Um, and I was put in a music lit and materials class with Dr. Joseph Gallagher, and everything seemed to change from there. Um, and at the end of the year, I said to him, you know, I think I want to be a music educator. And he said, I think you would be great at it. And the, I just, took off with a fury trying to do everything I possibly could. Uh, so my senior year in high school, I started taking lesson, guitar lessons. because so I, I didn't, I played bass a little bit and I sang, but I didn't really play guitar. I wrote songs, but I didn't really play. So I started at the Montclair prep division, oh,
0: wow. uh, Very cool. getting
1: myself uh, ready for, for college um, with uh, a teacher who wasn't much older than me, Tom Harney.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's, I know. I went to school with Tom. That's fantastic. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he he was my first guitar teacher and uh, we've remained close friends ever since. And he helped keep me on that path. Dr. Gallagher, then Mr. Bergamotto and then Tom Harney really made it seem like this was something that I was supposed to do, um, which was great because I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do before that. Um and so then I auditioned at Montclair State University and Susquehanna University and Moravian. And, uh, I fell in love with Susquehanna university.
0: It's a beautiful um, and, campus.
1: It's gorgeous. And, uh, if you can get past the smell of the pig farm down the road and the ginkgo trees <laughs> on the campus, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely still is breathtaking. Um, and so I started there in the music education program as a guitar major. I was the only classical guitar player on the campus, including my my brilliant teacher uh, Jay Humble, uh, who was a great uh, jazz fusion uh, musician, uh, guitar player. And so I started in the program there and um, went through almost all of my student teaching. Um, and then, uh, oddly enough, decided that I never wanted to teach in a public school um, ever. And, <laughs> That's
0: great.
1: and now I'm just starting year 19 of teaching go. in a public school. Um, but that that was my path from, from high school to there. Um, the I'm, I graduated from Elizabeth High School. And even back then, uh, they had a strong uh, musical identity. And uh, actually, a very strong music technology um, program. I was in a high tech music ensemble in my senior year, which no one um, that I met at Susquehanna was able to was able to claim It was right. really a tremendous experience
0: and then so then, from my understanding, you went into theory, you got a degree in theory and and, and performance after that
1: yeah my my undergraduate um I took. I went to college, basically straight from September uh, from September of nineteen ninety three all the way through December of nineteen ninety seven, without stopping. I took all, almost all of my general ed requirements over the summers at Montclair State, so that I could take other classes at Susquehanna. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very generous in what they allowed you to do, so I was able to take all of the theory courses that a music theory major was able to take um, as part of my program because I took science, math, English, everything over the summers. So I was able to spend all this time in the arranging classes, all the counterpoint classes, so that when I decided uh, with three weeks left of my student teaching that I didn't want to do this anymore and I wanted to go through my life as a performer, um, I I had already satisfied uh the requirements for a music
0: theory degree. Oh, that's very lucky.
1: <laughs> well, it what it was great that they allowed you to do that. I uh, at Montclair State, um I wanted to take composition lessons and they said you had to be a composition major to take composition lessons. So, yep. I was there for a semester and I um auditioned as a music composition major so that I just so I could take composition lessons uh, you know, I didn't fancy myself a composer, but I right. wanted to learn as much as, as humanly
0: possible. Right. So, um, I got to ask you a question, uh, the guitar thing. Um, when, when I was back in the day, so I went to Montclair in the late eighties, early nineties and guitar people, guitar players were not allowed to be music education majors. I just wonder what your thought thoughts are. I mean, was that the same for you? I mean, obviously you went all the way through student teaching, so you got there, but, uh, you know, just inter- It's always interesting uh, you know. that guitar players are, are kind of the, uh, the bastard stepchildren of music education <laughs> programs. And, and it's the most ridiculous thing in the world to me. It's the most popular instrument other than piano on the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, I, and you're, you've been teaching 19 years, so obviously you've had success. So I'd love to get your insight on that whole guitar m- music ed major thing.
1: Well, I, it, it, is, it is absurd. Um, they've since changed that. Uh, I right. taught at Montclair State University for five years, and I did have some music education majors uh, in my studio. Um, but I, I was even asked the question by a professor who shall remain nameless uh, because she's absolutely a brilliant professor, uh, but it kind of lit a fire under me. But she asked me if we should even allow guitarists to be music education majors. Oh. Um, I it's so brutal Just it, 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 it was it was brutal um the one thing i will say uh even though there really is no reason f- to not include guitarists whether they're jazz guitarists or classical guitarists as music ed majors there there really is no reason for that uh but the one thing i did find is that um a number of guitar players that i met at montclair state and um uh, as a As a student and as a teacher, not a lot of them were uh, strong singers. And most people, when they're in their music ed programs, a lot, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people when I was in school, were thinking about doing middle school music, thinking about doing high school music. Um, and at the time, there weren't really a lot of guitar programs. In central Pennsylvania, where I was, and uh, you know, in the state of New Jersey, we didn't have a lot of guitar programs for us to go into. Um, but what they're missing out on is the fact that one of the classes you have to take as a music ed major is guitar class.
0: Exactly. I mean, that when I taught <laughs> when I taught pre-K music, I had a guitar in my hand because you know. I wanted to be on the floor with the kids in the circle playing. So I had to learn guitar. <laughs> just the whole thing just seems so stupid. Yeah, It really, for
1: that, especially it lends itself beautifully. I've spent the bulk of my career uh, doing uh, pre-K to fifth grade general music. Um, and the guitar is perfect for that, especially when you're on the cart. It's just much easier to put that on your back and push your cart. Uh, And then you can be among the children instead of behind the piano. And, um, you know, the only, the only issue I've had with it is that uh, it is difficult uh, to get the students to not touch my guitar. There you go. uh, Well,
0: it's magical. The kids just think, and you're obviously an, I mean, you have your doctorate in performance. You're obviously an amazing player. Um, but I the kids I've always the kids always wanted to touch the guitar because it's just a magical instrument yeah. to them.
1: And it goes anywhere. Uh yeah, exactly. and uh when I was teaching in Newark and we would go Christmas caroling uh for the younger grades, I was able to have my accompaniment instrument with me uh the whole time. And we just we just had great fun with it. And um it just it really it doesn't it doesn't make much sense. Um, But I do know uh, a lot of the, for general music, you do have to have, uh, I guess, a a good ability uh, with the voice. I mean, you don't have to necessarily be a great singer, but I did know a lot of the guitar majors with whom I was working uh, weren't very strong in singing or sight singing. Um, And you really don't have to sight sing anything complicated with the early childhood music. Uh, but you do have to have a little bit of comfort with the voice, right. and uh, but other than that, I really never understood um, why those thoughts, and they and they are they are prevalent, uh, not just at Susquehanna and at uh, Montclair State. I mean, those are those are some serious thoughts, and I, I really wish that um, they would look more to the guitar majors as someone who could as people who could really function in an early childhood setting function very comfortably because i know a lot of very very talented musicians who really struggled with the guitar
0: Um, absolutely it's a very hard i mean it's very difficult uh and i i aside from the pain of of building calluses you know it's um it's not like the piano you know you've got these six it's mind-blowing i mean i'm a tuba player and, yeah. and, and funnily enough, Lauren, when I when I wanted to be a music major, I wanted to be a rock synthesizer player. And nice. Just, well, you can't come into school with that, so you have mm-hmm. to play tuba. <laughs> uh, it's it's just really interesting. I I don't want to go too much further with it, but I, I hope people are listening and realize that uh, you know guitar players absolutely should be music ed majors and should be welcomed with opened arms and 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 actively recruited. Um, so. I'm glad you. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you're you're part of the profession, Lauren. I, I know that you do great things. So, to turn into like, uh, I know that you're right now. Uh, you just started at the Dion Warwick. Uh, is it academy or institute in East Orange?
1: Institute, yeah, the Dion Warwick Institute in East Orange.
0: But before that, you were in Newark for how many years? I was
1: in Newark for three years.
0: All right. So, I mean, uh, the I I, ta- I started my career in Irvington. So, really, mm-hmm. in the same neighborhood. Yes. Um, and so the other thing that i find fascinating about you is that, you know, you've spent a, a, a good amount of time teaching, uh, you know, the elementary level in the inner city. And uh, I'd love to know um, how you let technology creep into there. You know, how did, why did you think about technology as something that might fit into an elementary music curriculum? Uh,
1: it's just about the having the greatest quality I possibly could uh, and the greatest resources and the breadth of teaching for the children. Um, it, when I taught in Springfield, uh, there was a very technology heavy district. Um, we, I was never able to uh, get Music First Junior while I was there, um, but I used elements of it um, for a very long time just on my own uh having the students come up to my own laptop or if i was able to get the other laptops we would use uh demo versions of groovy music and things like that oh cool and it was just it was just about to uh, just about having different ways for the children to experience music i was fortunate enough at my high school to, again, to be in a high-tech music ensemble where we did MIDI arrangements, MIDI programming. Um, I've been using Finale from that class. I've been using Finale since the very first version. Wow. Um, So these were wonderful experiences that I had, uh, and things just got much better. Um, Quality programs like Groovy Music uh, and the other things that are offered on Music First Junior legitimate quality, not, um, you know, all these bells and whistles and things like that. You know, there are actually great things you can do with uh, a number of those programs. So it was just about having, uh, you know, like I said before, a breadth of resources and materials for the children to experience.
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of people at the elementary level uh, Lauren, I, the more we're chatting, the more I realize we're we're very, very, very similar in our paths. And uh, and I had, you know, a music technology. I didn't have a class, but I got hooked on music technology in high school, and it's what made me so excited about music, and what made me want actually to go into music was just the the, the experience of computers and music. But you know, a, another part of uh, the the elementary experience, and it doesn't matter if you're in rural or you know suburban or urban. In my opinion, it is a very taxing job because, you know, often you're teaching thirty-two, forty classes a week. You know, yes. especially if you've got half-hour periods, and there are no time to prepare. I mean, if if you were to fully prepare for every single class, you'd be up all night every night. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have uh, resources that you can you know, turn to that are quality it's really important because um, I I don't know about you, but when I was, when I, my very, uh, my second job I ever had was pre-K to eight general vocal instrumental. To be honest, I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with my (laughs) kindergarten classes. I taught, I did a crash course in like little kid music. I taught at a summer camp for little kids. I learned how to play guitar. I never had heard of who Raffi was. And I started like learning all these songs. (laughs) Uh, but but i didn't have a curriculum either so that when i when i started at that elementary level there's no i didn't have one so i was Mm -hmm. like making stuff up i mean was that the same for you did you have a prescribed curriculum or did you look for resources to to kind of help guide you
1: uh when i my first teaching job we had nothing so i had i was really calling on a lot of the things that i had done during my student teaching uh, at the yep. middle school level and trying to pare it down. Uh, so it was accessible to the, uh, to the younger grades. Yep.
0: Um,
1: but also I was just talking to friends that I graduated with uh, uh, one friend that I married uh, talking, to, <laughs> talking to her about, you know, what to do with um, with young children. And then um once I started teaching in Springfield, we had, the, um, we had textbooks that had a, a bevy of resources and music uh, to use. And I, I didn't follow the prescribed curriculum in those textbooks. I kind of brought things that I really enjoyed that I thought the children would enjoy and I mixed and matched different things to have a coherent, um, coherent course of learning. Uh, for the children. But when our district, when Springfield really started to get so technology heavy, um, that's when I really started to find that um, if I wanted to have this be a successful program, I was going to need to definitely get on board with that as well. And that was right around the time um, when we started to have more and more technology presentations at uh the music educators conferences
0: that's right
1: um and so i i i wasn't necessarily having to make things up as as i went along in that regard because i did have enough resources nearby where i could i had songs available for the children some of the stuff was kind of overwhelming they would have these big booming voices um that the children would try and uh
0: mimic right exactly
1: so my my biggest issue actually at first and um gosh i'm forgetting the name of the show but uh um, uh american idol oh right uh, just had just started when i uh right around when i started teaching and it was difficult to get children to want to sound like children singing
0: yeah they uh, want to sound like uh divas yeah exactly (laughs) yeah 100 percent all right. So um, I know that at, at your current school, you just started, and you're, you're not up and running with Music First Junior yet. But you had great success with Music First Junior uh, in, in Abington uh, Elementary uh, for the last couple of years. Why don't you just tell us what types of things you did with your students with with Music First Junior?
1: Um, a lot of a lot of what I used with the uh, with the early childhood stuff, I used a combination of uh, some elementary materials that I had uh, purchased on my own, uh, but the great wealth of folk songs and resources that are in the Music First curriculum um, were wonderful for the children. The dances, the songs is so hugely important, and this should hopefully not be news to any Uh, general music teacher elementary general music teachers that are out there but it's hugely important to have the children moving absolutely experience the music that way as well um but for the when once we got into the upper elementary uh, grades and the students who actually knew how to use the computers um well we we actually relied very heavily on uh groovy music um i i used it I used it a little bit when I was in Springfield. Like I said, we used the demo versions, but now that we had the, the full version of it and we were allowed to use, uh, and we had the full version of it and we're using it with the kids. I found out that it's actually a very powerful program. And, um, the more I experimented with it, the more I realized these children could actually write their own legitimate music. So, um, some of the assignments that we had, uh, the students had to create in, uh, groovy music using the notation function, uh, they had to write their own recorder songs. So they, uh, we would start out, they would have to, they could only use two notes, then they were expanded to three notes and then four and five notes, um, with certain prescribed rhythms because you can choose from whole note down to, um, I think it's just eighth note.
0: Yeah, eighth notes. Yep.
1: Um, so they had to pick those things, but you know, we're, we were able to learn about syncopations just by um, just by someone accidentally putting their quarter note in the wrong spot. Like they wanted to grab an eighth note, they grabbed a quarter note by accident, and so now they have this really nice rhythm. And Gra- they
0: they had no problem using like the non-traditional because Groovy presents those notes in the in non-traditional way so you don't see a whole note you see like a long line uh True. they they had no problem using that
1: no and so as a guitar player i probably shouldn't say this because i actually am a very good reader of music uh and we're notorious for not being very good readers of music but i'm not really big on in the general music classroom i'm not really big on uh having the kids Completely literate in uh, measured notation
0: absolutely, I we, agree with you uh,
1: it it 's a hindrance in some ways to the experience. my upper level children, my more advanced students um, that needed some extra work, they got to do those types of things because it was interesting to them and it was another thing that they could do, but just for the general experience of it um, i don 't really I never really spent a lot of time. Just having the students um, become fluent uh, in reading uh, treble clef and bass clef, we rarely got to simply because it wasn't really in the range of the children's voices, so we right. never used it. Um, so they they really didn't have any any issues uh, with that because a lot of the uh, notation that I would write on the whiteboard or the smartboard was similar to that. Got it. Um, so they would recognize rhythms but the way we would first learn about eighth notes is that they were these short dashes and then the quarter notes were just a little bit longer and so once we got into groovy music it was not it was not an issue at all
0: right because it, it basically eliminates the barriers to creativity because the kids can they can figure it out you know without this kind of uh, it's, it, I always say that a, a, a four-year-old child can tell a story and tell a, a very good story, but they don't know how to write. So it's it, in a similar way, having non-traditional notation symbols or iconic notation and allowing students to compose without necessarily knowing how to quote-unquote write music, um, I think is a really powerful experience. And it gets kids just composing and then creates the need to know notation if they really get into it then they're going to need to know or want to know how do they exactly. do this so it's great i'm i'm really glad uh, you said that um just about about the 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 classroom environment that you were in last year at least um were the kids uh, you know the upper grades did they have chromebooks in the classroom and they were using it as part of the instruction or was it a combination of that plus you up at at a at a whiteboard
1: um it last year we, um, we used Music First Classroom uh, for, I guess, for the three years that I was there. The, uh, from sixth grade up, uh, we would use that. I didn't have a lot of uh, middle school general music classes. Um, oh, because you used
0: both junior and classroom in your teaching. I,
1: I did. I did. Because oh, wow. I technically was a pre-K to eight teacher. Not every class uh, at that school had music. Um, some students would go for years without having music. Uh, they would have art three times, two or three times a week. They wouldn't always have music. All right. Um, So what I found, um, the first year I used music first classroom with fifth grade and higher. Um, and then I, uh, taught a class, a fifth grade class last year, um, where there were some students that hadn't had music in two years. And so when we were talking about form and I wanted them to uh, do something in ternary form, I had about 15 students who had had me for the last two years that knew what I was asking. Uh, And then the other uh, 15 to 20 students had no idea. what a challenge. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So we actually, we went to groovy music. Uh, We went to groovy music and started it there. Working on our working on lessons on uh, writing in various forms, um, and since you can you can change the number of measures, you can change. Uh, you, there are so many parameters that you can change in that program. We were really able to get into it, but we had to go back to my first grade lessons on form that I was that I was doing uh, with Groovy Music with my first graders to get everyone back up to speed. Um, so that it was, it was a challenge, but again, a lot of those, a lot of those things, uh, because it looks like something that is, is fun to them. It is fun to them. Uh, it's engaging. Um, but the quality of music education, what they're learning, it's not foo-foo stuff. I mean, it is right. real quality learning and creativity. And some students who, whenever we had to take out paper and pencil stuff, or just singing stuff, I could not get them to budge others those same students would just really gravitate toward that, so I was able to meet the needs of every single person in my classroom um, and I could say that confidently because we were we were getting there uh, through using that. Um, the classroom stuff worked fairly well for our uh, for some of the upper grades, but again um, my seventh, eighth grade class that I had, uh, those students had not had music ever, uh, in the time. Uh, so they, they didn't, they didn't have any background or anything like that, but I was able to find enough stuff in there, um, for them to uh, be successful as well.
0: That's great. It's, it, it, I think a lot of people don't understand What you're saying uh, in that, uh, and and I taught, my my very first year I taught in Irvington, a very similar district where, you know, uh, often kids will go years without a music teacher because either they couldn't find one or they'd have a music teacher who would quit after a little while because they couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, you know, when they finally did have a music teacher, you know, I was a band director in like three different elementary schools in Irvington. Um, but it it was such a catch as catch can kind of deal with music. Yes. So, it's it's depressing on the on the one hand, and it's an opportunity on the other. Um, and I, I just wish um, I wish every music educator had that experience teaching in the inner city. I, I'm sure, Lauren, you'd agree. They are the greatest kids. They just needs they need an adult uh, in the room that that cares about them and and wants to teach. And so it's really heartwarming to hear that you you gave these kids such a great experience and that you're, that you're doing great things. Cause I think you'd agree the the kids are amazing. It's the, it's the situation. It's all the other crap that goes around, uh, you know, the, well, kind of the challenges.
1: It's a, it's a different, you know, it's a different life. I, I, you know, some of the family dynamics are actually fairly similar, whether you're talking about, Um, you know, whether there are two parents in the household, one parent, grandparents, I had that in Springfield and I had that also in Newark. Um, but it it really is just about the, the consistency and seeing the same person. Um, and the kids in Newark were, uh, they were beautiful children. Um, they really, really were um you know middle school kids are always going to test they're you tough. they're they, tough for sure <laughs> until they can until they can trust you
0: yeah
1: um but we we developed that uh as as we went and as I'm getting to know the uh children in East Orange um again the, I I am their, uh fourth music teacher in 5 years I believe yeah I'm pretty sure that I'm correct in that they had a very strong music teacher who retired um Four uh five years ago, and then they had three in between, or They had two in between that did not do well at all. So it's just a matter of first. Our first battle is making sure that they understand that this is a place of learning. Um, it's it can be di- very discipline heavy at, at certain times. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um,
1: but also, they need to be able to trust you to make sure that they can be vulnerable to make ridiculous sounds and to do ridiculous movements and to be creative in that, in that environment, where really outside of the classroom, whether it's urban or suburban, I I really feel very strongly that we're just not allowing our children to be children. Yep. I Um, couldn't,
0: well, yeah, we can, we can
1: go on and on. I totally agree, man. Another day and a half conversation. Exactly.
0: so let me let me just um, to to steer back because I've got a couple more minutes and a, and a two two more questions for you, Lauren. Um, first of all, just off, uh, I wanted to ask this while you were talking: Are the students accessing the software outside of class, or is it only only with you? Um,
1: the music when we use music first classroom, the students uh, some of the students did access it. Um, I remember, uh, hearing one of your presentations when you first, um, I think it was either when you were in the final stages of writing or when you had finished your, uh, doctorate, um, about the access that children have to tech, uh, to technology in the inner city. And it just looks different because they have the phones. So the students that were uh, using Music First Classroom, a number of them did um, complete some of their assignments on their phones, either when they were waiting for something after school or at home. Um, and some some of my students that were fortunate enough to have laptops and tablets um, were were doing Music First Junior assignments um because yeah,
0: junior unfortunately is not on the phone so we're we're yeah, uh, yeah. we're working on that but it's very difficult but yeah i just was interested because you know it's it's a common misconception that the students have absolutely no access i mean there are kids who don't uh, yes but there, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of kids who do um so yeah. it's good to hear that um so just uh from an advice standpoint, uh, Lauren, and I'm sure you've got such a great experience uh, under your belt. What uh, advice would you give to elementary music teachers, wherever they teach, in terms of uh, integrating technology into their curriculum? Um,
1: Just remember that you don't have to be an expert at it. Um, I was fortunate enough to have an older brother who was very tech savvy. And so I learned a lot But I also remember when we had to build our own stuff, um, build our own computers and things like that. And, you know, things are going to go wrong. They just go wrong. Uh, Fortunately, it's, it's a lot safer now and it's a lot cheaper now. If you do something wrong, it kind of fixes itself and you can still uh, learn by experimentation. You do not have to be a tech expert. um, And you always have to keep in mind that you still do know more than the children, uh, when it comes to, (laughs) when it comes to, uh, doing these things, even though you may not spend as much time on your phone or using technology, uh, as much as the children do, you're able to use it in a more, uh, in a more educated and thoughtful way in, in many ways. Uh, and then also to just give it a shot and learn, learn from the kids. Um, I have to be honest. I did not know you could um, change the number of measures in uh, groovy music until a student happened upon it.
0: Oh, there you go. That's
1: great. He, he was completely off task, but then found something that was was great for the great for the rest of us. That was the first year that we were using music first, uh, and just to give it a shot, it doesn't have to turn into a complete tech classroom. Right you're not leaving uh, traditional elements of music. And so bringing technology into the classroom uh, is just a great way. At, I've already said this a bunch of times, I wish I had another way to say it, but it's just a great way to increase the breadth of experiencing uh, creativity and music um, and, you know, I guess that's it. I wish yeah, I Well, the, And the
0: kids love did. it. I mean, the bottom line is this is, this is an easy sell. The kids yes. love it. It's just, you know, it's just getting the comfort level up. Uh, you know, for you as the teacher, because you do not have to sell it to the kids. Uh, they are no. all over it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, I just, I do understand from speaking with a lot of teachers who are my age and some a little bit older that they're, they think this, this is a replacement for the experience that they had as a child, and it's not; it's an enhancement to the experience that they had as a child.
0: I, li- I like the way you phrase that. That's perfect. All right, Lauren, I got one more question for you, and it's uh, really been fabulous chatting with you. And that is the magic wand question that I ask everybody. So, perhaps uh, whether it's about Junior or Groovy, what you know, if you could change something or or improve something or or, or do something differently, what would you do with with Music First Junior?
1: Um, I, honestly, the, uh, when we were, um, when we were at your offices, uh, one of the things I remember asking about is the accessibility to, uh, Groovy and the Subot, Morton Subotnic, uh, software, uh, on the, on the phone, um, right. yep. as, as opposed to the tablet. Um, but honestly, in listening to some, some of the other podcasts, um, uh, so that, the, I, let me, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so that would be the main thing, uh, just to have the accessibility kind of on all platforms. Yep. Um, because I do see a lot of children, they'll just take the phone from the parent and they'll be on the phone and why not have them do something that is enriching. Um, yep. but, uh, the, the other thing. From
0: <laughs> sorry. No, it's real life. It's all good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the uh, the only other, the I, I heard uh, one of the podcast people talking about video um, with uh, you know possibly uh, soundation or Soundtrap, uh, you know having the online video yeah. editing capabilities, and it just it made me think when I was in Elizabeth High School, we started to learn about Simpty.
0: Oh wow! Holy <laughs> mackerel! I haven't heard that term in a while. Well, That's exactly.
1: Great. It was amazingly impossible. It was so complicated. Very
0: hard. Yeah. Um,
1: and then uh, iMovie was, I thought, very easy to use for a while, and then it was not. Um, and I because uh, we did projects that had uh, that had soundtracks and video and and photos and this and that and the other thing, and then they changed the version and it just yep. was not. Yeah. Easy yeah. Yeah. And that type of stuff, children are very much uh, into that. My own daughter has a YouTube channel. And so those types of things um, would be great because the other online community uh, things like Soundtrap and Soundation are, are very powerful, um, much more than in, the, than in the early days of this and, and very communal. Um, Absolutely. And, then, you know, that would be the next step.
0: Um, well I'll, I'll be absolutely sure to pass on the phone comment for Junior. It's something we've thought about it and and, uh, and I, it, it may be a, may very well happen, uh, but so watch this space and and I've, I've said the video thing about a million times to those guys. <laughs> so anyway, Lauren, absolutely wonderful chatting with you. I, I look forward to hopefully catching up with you in person soon.'re uh, you're, you're a fantastic music educator. And I hope we can get you up and running in uh, East Orange with those kids there. Thank you so much for for speaking with us.
1: Thank you very much, Jim.
0: Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.